Welcome back to the Line Life podcast produced by Transmission and Distribution World and Utility Products. We're bringing you stories of the great courage and inspirational teamwork that it takes to be a line worker. My name is Amy Fishbach and I am the field editor for TND World Magazine. For April 2022 episode, we're featuring Bob Hall, a journeyman lineman and foreman for IBEW Local 1393 in Indiana. He is sharing his experiences and his career in the line trade and how he's giving back to the industry. Hello and welcome to the April 2022 Line Life podcast. My name is Amy Fishbach and I'm the field editor for Transmission and Distribution World magazine. Today I am talking with Bob Hall, a foreman with IBEW Local 1393, working with J&J Electric in Kokomo, Indiana. Bob entered the 2021 Lyman Life Photo Contest and will be featured in an upcoming Lifeline department in the Electric Utility Operations section of TND World Magazine. Bob, thank you for joining us today. To begin, can you share with our Line Life podcast listeners how you got started in the line trade back in 1995 and what inspired you to become a journeyman lineman? The chance to work at the power company in my hometown was a great career opportunity. It was a chance to work in a great industry while making a good living in a rural community. And for your first job, you worked for J.E. Reedy, a small contractor in Southern Indiana. How did you like working for the family-owned business, and what kind of projects did you do while you were there? I really enjoyed working for the Reedy's. In my time there, I learned to operate equipment, the installation of underground services. We even did some tree trimming. So we got a lot of experience in a short time there. And that experience was good training to help move me toward the job at the local utility. Yeah, that sounds like a wide variety of experience. That's that's wonderful that you had that. And then what about safety? You had mentioned that not all linemen make great leaders. Can you talk more about that and what you think, think it takes to be a great leader in this industry? Yes. Throughout my career, I've seen individuals that have been put into leadership positions for many reasons. And unfortunately, not all decisions to put those folks in that position include the consideration of their readiness. One individual that comes to mind could not wait to be in charge. And unfortunately, he did not handle the responsibility for others very well. He was overwhelmed and it made everyone that worked for him as miserable as he was. That in turn often led the crew members to being focused on him more so than the task at hand, which led to, you know, not necessarily always being focused and safe. So I feel a good lead can get the job done and also look out for the people that are working for him. No, I agree. And I've heard that a lot that it's kind of a different world from working in the field to working in the office. I mean, what do you think can be done to kind of train lead linemen to be able to become good leaders out in the field and, and good foremen? I think it just takes experience. Um, you know, if you have a, a good leader, you can learn from them and then mold that into your own leadership style. But, you know, all too often the, the best linemen may not always be ready for that position. 
Right. And then you discovered that in line work, it's important to look out for yourself and not necessarily treat others who work for you the way they had been treated. Um, how do you think linemen can stay safe in the field and come home to their fam families every night? Yeah, safety is in this business is first and foremost. And you have the final say in how safe you work. Your coworkers are also vital to your safety and, and to their own. It is important to look out for each other. Don't want to be that guy that makes everyone miserable and ultimately unsafe. Kind of cliche, but it's you need to be your brother's keeper. And you also said that PPE is also essential. Can you talk about um, kind of how far it's come since you first started in the industry and how it's helped to improve the safety and productivity of your crews? Sure. We all know we can't live without our primary PPE, such as hard hats, safety glasses, rubber gloves. But one thing that has really changed recently, at least for me, has been the increase in the amount of battery-powered tools. When they first brought those out, my thought was, for example, the presses, these are too slow. You know, I can do this faster by with the old manual-style press but now they're much faster. Plus I'm not as young as I was back then. And those presses tend to wear on your body over time. So now there's so many of those battery powered tools on the truck. It's amazing how much time it saves throughout the day and per job. And they're very ergonomic to definitely save on the wear and tear on your body. So that's, I think that they've been a huge help. I agree. And then what about uh, storms? So you mentioned that your most memorable storm experience was a two week restoration following Hurricane Ivan. And um, so can you talk about what kind of damage and destruction um, that you saw when you first arrived on the scene and what the working conditions were like? Yeah, we saw the typical wind damage and destruction that those folks near to the, the coast often see during those storms. But the conditions that we were in were as good as you could expect in given the circumstances. Unfortunately, the utilities in that area have so much experience with these storms. But with that experience, they really learned how to, to respond to the restoration efforts. It, I was just amazed at how well they treated us. And uh, I think we actually gained weight during the two weeks we were down there. You got fed well. That's what I was wondering. Oh, they, they, they took care of us. And I was just simply amazed, too. That was my first uh, out-of-state experience that people that have been out of power for two weeks would stop and, you know, offer you anything they could offer. They just were happy to see you there. And in your free time, you have supported the line trade. Um, for example, you work with NSUGAL and IBEW Local 1393 to get a lineman specialty plate for Indiana. Can you describe in detail what the design looks like? How does it feel to give linemen the option to show their lineman pride on their work or personal vehicles? Yeah, the first I need to mention, as you did, uh, Ray Johnson, of NSUJL and Randy Gardner of Local 1393. They were great partners. They really worked hard for getting this project completed. The design shows alignment on a pole surrounded by 19 stars. The 19 stars are also on the Indiana state flag, which represents Indiana being the 19th state. 
So it's, I think the design turned out really well. It's great to be able to see that plate as you drive around Indiana. Uh, we'll continue to see more because it was just brought out uh, for public purchase on January 1st of this year. Most importantly, the funds raised from the plate goes to the NSUJL, which will help support line workers in time of need. That is fabulous. They do such great work and it's a wonderful cause. So congratulations on getting that project um, implemented. I, I bet it is fun to see those plates driving around. Yeah, there's so many out there and, you know, it's great to see the linemen recognized. Yes. And then you were also part of the Climb In for Lyman event, which was part of the Drive In for Lyman event in St. Louis. Um, talk about how that supported the line trade and how you felt about being a part of it. I've spent a lot of uh, time and effort and resources trying to help the industry. And they sponsored the NASCAR truck race at Gateway Motorsports Park, I think at least three, if not four years. And it was called the Driving for Lineman 200, which was trying, you know, Chad was trying to bring recognition to the industry through, you know, the national spotlight of the NASCAR series. And Buckingham was very good in allowing me to work with the Dubais to start what we called the Climbing for Lineman, which was held in the infield the day of the race, which was a hurt man rescue event. And through that event, we were able to take the funds of the entry fees and donate that back to the industry. And then industry partners such as Bevins donated a trip to Mexico for the winter. Each year, we had just so many people get, get involved. It was, it was a great experience. That sounds like a wonderful event. Um, and then you were also on the set of Life on the Line, the movie starring John Travolta. Talk about what that experience was like and how you help with the production and how you feel about um, having a movie with the lineman as a central character. Again, that was a, a product of Mr. Dubay. Uh, Chad's a good friend. We've uh, spent a lot of time together throughout the years and, and he gives a lot to the industry as I've mentioned before, but, you know, this was Chad's idea, again, to try to bring recognition to the industry. Uh, it, it was a great experience. Uh, I flew down to Texas where Chad lives and he has a training yard down there. We worked with uh, John Travolta and his stunt double, Nick Lauren, on some climbing and, you know, just kind of a quick, here's what goes on on the job. And then I was fortunate enough to be able to go up to Vancouver, Vancouver while it was being filmed and spend some time on the set as well. And that was really something to, to see how a production like that is filmed and see behind the scenes. I think it was a, a great effort on Chad's part to bring awareness to the industry. Had you ever been on a movie set before, Bob? I had not. So it uh, was really something to, to see how they, uh, the rain scenes and all the different things, the way they make that happen. And what was uh, John Travolta like? He was great. Uh, very, very personable, down to earth. 
one night in particular where it was a rain scene, it was rather chilly there in in Vancouver, and he kind of got a actual taste, I guess, of what it's like to work out on the line because he was soaking wet and <laughs> visibly shaking from being cold and you know working to to try to climb the pole. How did he do with climbing the pole? It's harder than it looks, I know. So <laughs> uh, he, he, with that? he did okay. He, you know, that's what he has Nick for. Nick comes in for the hard stuff. Oh, his stunt double. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. And then you also spent part of your career traveling around the U.S., Puerto Rico, and Canada working for Buckingham Manufacturing. What was it like to meet so many different people in the industry, and what did you learn during that time? I'll tell you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade the time spent with Buckingham for anything. I finally gave up the, because of the travel, uh, a lot of time on airplanes, but that experience and the people I met was definitely worth it. And I, I have to say, Buckingham's a top-notch company. And anyone that knows the owner, Andy Batty, won't disagree with me. He is definitely committed to the industry. And I learned so much about the business and how a first-rate business operates from Andy. One of the things I really enjoyed about the job, too, was being able to work on developing safety products to help keep our brothers safe. I've always been one that looking for a way to work smarter which usually makes it safer in the end and buckingham's definitely always working to keep us safe and during that time i was able to work with countless utilities and met so many great people many of who i still stay in touch with today and one of my favorite tasks was working closely with the international lineman rodeo committee that event brings volunteers from all aspects of the trade, from all over the country and internationally. Uh, those folks work really hard to support fine work. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite events of the year. I always look forward to it. And you are now working for J&J Electric in Indiana. Talk about uh, the most challenging and rewarding parts of your job now that you're working as a foreman. Well, that's another great company. I, Jeff Lincoln Hout and Brent Blinn have been really good to me. J&J uh, is a, a growing company that will do great things for the industry. The biggest challenge has been adjusting from that travel and the face-to-face -face working with the utilities across the country to getting back into my tools. So, But it's been fun you know, getting back out there. Uh, and it's really rewarding to watch J&J &J grow. Do you like being out in the field again? Yeah, I really, I like that aspect too. But like I say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that time traveling the country to, to see all the, the hardworking people in the, in the industry either. And you're married and you have four grown children and four grandchildren. And you said that the industry has been good to your family. Can you talk more about the benefits of working in the line trade? Sure. My wife, Teresa, has been great. She put up with me traveling for years. There, there was uh, many times that I would come home on the last flight Friday night and leave on the first flight Monday. So she was basically my laundry service. 
but she can't completely complain because she was able to travel with me to many places. However, it seemed like it was always a place that had a beach. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Yeah. But, you know, the line trade offers a great career opportunity. And it's an excellent way to provide for your family. And what I try to tell young folks that are considering it, it it's one of the best benefits career-wise is the apprenticeship. A line worker could easily make $100,000 a year now without any student loans. Yeah, that's huge to be able to earn right away. And uh, that's, that's fabulous because those student loans can be something else. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of uh, schools out there, especially little community colleges that are trying to steer kids toward the skilled trades, including the IBEW. What do you think it's going to take to kind of get the word out a little bit more about that? Because there are a lot of opportunities, aren't there, right now in line work? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, uh, there's jobs everywhere. We just need to, as an industry, you know, make sure these young folks know that there's a great opportunity here. That, you know, it is hard work. You're going to work for your money, but you can make good money and not uh, have a lot of debt incurred through college. And then what about you? What do you see in the future um, for line work or just outside the line trade? I think I'm ready to settle down somewhere and, and use my experiences and contacts to help out. And then, you know, continue to do anything I can to help the betterment of our industry. Well, Bob, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today for the April 2022 Line Life podcast. We appreciate all of your contributions to the utility industry and wish you the best of luck in the future. To learn more about Bob's career, look for a Lifeline profile of him in TND World Magazine and online as Spotlight in the Line Trade. This episode of the Line Life podcast was written and recorded by Amy Fishbach. It was produced by John Daverstein. Please follow this show to be updated when new episodes are released and leave a review for us on Apple Podcast. You can also subscribe to our Lime and Life e-newsletter and email us at linelifepodcast at gmail.com. Head to the show description to see where you can find us on social media. Thank you again for listening to the Lion Life Podcast.